Hey guys, it's Drew from Corner Nerds here telling you that Tom and Chi in Granville is back. They've got impressive meal deals, so here's what you can look forward to when you stop by to get cheesy. Start your week off with a $29.95 Monday meal deal that feeds a family of four. No one wants to cook to start the week, so go get cheesy instead. Plus, kids 12 and under eat free from 4 to 8 every Tuesday. Or enjoy a half-off grilled cheese donut every Wednesday from 4 to 8. And if you download the free Tom and Chi app like I did, you can hop in every Thursday and get $3 classic grilled cheese sandwiches. Plus, if you're like Stacy and you need it gluten-free, they can take care of you. Tom and Chi is proud to support Chia, a locally made vegan cheese that tastes so good, cows are starting to get jealous. Find Tom and Chi on 44th Street in Granville near Cabela's. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another scintillating episode of Court of Nerds, the only podcast that isn't aware of how many weird noises they make just walking around like normal people. I'm Drew. I'm John. And on the phone today is Ben. Ben. There we go. I was going to give you the little like intro, like, oh, phoning it in, blah, blah, blah. But sure, no, go ahead. You're Ben. Great. Wait a minute. Yeah, we, we screwed it up. It's fine. <laughs> the one time I was ready correctly. <laughs> no, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, listen, on today's uh, podcast, we want to make sure we hit on a lot of things. Uh, some additions to All In and StarCast, the event that we'll be attending and bringing you guys a ton of content from. We want to tell you guys a little bit about uh, some of our newest members of the Court of Nerds. And, of course, we want to talk about Deadpool 2 and Solo. Plus, John's going to give you his definitive list of the top 10 Star Wars movies. But I think first and foremost, guys, we should talk about the, uh, the new folks joining the Court of Nerds and what they bring to the table um, first of all, is our good pal, Austin J. Bruner, or as they call him, Sweet Water, or the water that is sweet, or just Gingerface. Uh, Austin comes to us from the Geekiverse, and Ben, you two are planning to work on a lot of new wrestling content for people. Yeah, you know, uh, Austin and I have frequently collaborated together uh, for the last two years. We did our 34 days of WrestleMania, and uh, just with StarCast and All In coming up, uh, Austin will be there on his own accord, but we'll definitely be hooking up with him and doing stuff uh, at the hotel and at the actual event. So, uh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. But, uh, weird weird and, and uncomfortable. Gonna- Yep, uh, we're going to split the wrestling coverage up, uh, we're going to do weekly podcasts, break it down, we're going to cover more and more and more because, yeah, WWE's got a lot to offer, NXT's got a lot to offer, but so does Ring of Honor, so does the indie scene, and so does New Japan with that huge show coming up on June 9th, and it's just going to be a perfect example of why Austin is joining as an actual member because... We think we've got an opportunity here to really do something well together, and uh, it's pretty much just going to be us yelling at each other a lot. You know, we're two very <laughs> different wrestling fans with different pasts, and uh, we're looking to bring a little fun debate wrestling show to y'all through the Court of Nerds Podcast Network because I love saying that. <laughs> <laughs> so the Court of Nerds Podcast uh, Network also. Um, you know, we're absorbing another member. We're very, very happy that she'll be joining up with us. If you're a fan of Reverse Centaur, uh, she is Marjorie. She is a delight. She, uh, We actually had the chance to meet for the first time at Free Comic Book Day at Tardy's. And she is a, a pixie in human form with a dirty mind and a somewhat mom mentality. She'll hopefully be helping to keep us all in line. I'd actually love to have her in to come do one of these with, with us, John, you and I, or with the three of us, Ben, when you're in town. We would love to do more with her. We can't wait to hear more 
from Marjorie. She's an absolute delight. And uh, we're, we're very, very happy to add a couple more members to the fold. Um, we're not having like a membership drive or anything. Uh, I, kn- I know we've had a few of you people, a few friends ask us about how many members we're planning on adding. Right, right now, we're good. We're good right now, but we appreciate it. And if you really do want to be a part of this, feel free to shoot us an email. Uh, is it still Court of yeah. Podcast at gmail.com? Yes. Cool. Yeah. yeah. So that's us. That's, that's about all <laughs> I've got for now. Uh, John, how do you want to start this off, buddy? It's a Star Wars-y cast. Ugh, I'm going to let um, you go first, and we're going to save the wrestling stuff for the end of the cast. Well, are we going to go full... I think we're going to go full spoilery on everything. Okay, so let's start with Deadpool. All right. Work on Solo, and then hit the wrestling. Hit the wrestling at the end. All right, so this is your official warning. If you have not seen Deadpool 2 or Han Solo... And we mean the solo film, not like, you know, you've never never seen Harrison Ford before. We're going to go full spoilery on this. Uh, look, uh, Solo kind of bombed for its opening weekend, so we feel safe doing a spoiler cast this early. And Deadpool 2 has been out for over a week. Uh, y'all can suck it if you have a problem with that. Uh, not my problem. Yeah. You're listening to this podcast. and You have been warned enough times. The spoilers. from the back. Bow, 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 bow. The spoilering starts in three, two, one. How the fuck they going to kill Vanessa off that quick? What the fuck they doing? Uh, yeah, I agree. What they doing? I love her. <laughs> but isn't no, that I'm, like I'm, a, no, I'm uh, kidding. It worked. It totally worked. It, it worked for the movie. Yeah, it's like a. Um, they need to give Deadpool a reason to do what Deadpool does and killing her <laughs> off. Is like okay, well now he can kind of go do. It was too happy. Deadpool is not supposed to be happy. They're supposed to be distraught and like feelings and and shit. And that's why <laughs> distraught and, and feelings and shit. <laughs> you know me. No, it's listen. been a long weekend, and I feel weird today. Yeah, we got pretty <laughs> things. Have been a little weird around uh, the Court of Nerds home base of operations. Uh, but Deadpool too, man. You know. In the comics, part of the running storyline, Ben, and you can speak to this probably more than John or myself, part of the running storyline is Deadpool's inability to get the girl. So having the movie open with him losing the girl felt like kind of comic book justice. Yeah, and uh, it's just another example of the horn I've been tooting for Deadpool and the creative mastermind behind that franchise since it came out was that they understand their source material, source material character better than... I'll put it up against any film out there, not just Marvel, DC, Star Wars, anything like that. They understand their main character more than any other film has ever done, and that's just through two movies. Like, I feel like I'm living in a Deadpool comic when I watch one of those movies, and that's special. And I get why people, I don't know, like your typical movie critic won't get Deadpool, because it's probably because they've never picked up a Deadpool book in their lives. Killing off the Nessa to start that movie, and Elaine can attest to this, I was embarrassingly laughing during the credit scene after Vanessa dies in that scene because it's directed by what the fuck and produced by someone who clearly doesn't want to share the screen. And I mean, it was just like an awesome moment. Like, it was such an emotional thing. Vanessa dies. And then we cut to the Celine Dion. Celine Dion. How do you say her name? Why am I struggling right now? Celine Celine Dion? Dion? Are you struggling with Celine Dion? Solange Dijon. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> be a great show, Buffalo. Uh, oh man, we are, we all got a little to too that, weird this yeah. weekend. <sighs> yeah, cutting to that was just like the perfect 
way to bring you back into, oh, this is a Deadpool movie. I'm going to laugh more than I'm going to cry. Just that whole movie altogether. Deadpool is supposed to be miserable. He's supposed to fail at every walk of human life. So this was even more of a Deadpool movie than the first one. And that's not saying it was better or worse. It's just saying this was so Deadpool. And I agree with that completely. Now, the only thing that I think has been kind of, I don't want to say weird or odd or wrong, and Ben, I get your 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 you know your saying is everything has felt like a Deadpool comic except for one thing. Deadpool keeps winning. Deadpool keeps winning, and in the comic books, part of the humor comes from the fact that while Deadpool never wins, Deadpool always thinks he wins. No matter what happens, Deadpool declares it a win. Now, I would like to see if they do a third one to have him lose, but at the end still playing like the triumphant hero music and like Colossus is behind them going, Deadpool, what are you doing? Everyone is dead. Yeah, no, man, it was terrible, but we're alive. Roll them credits. Roll them credits, baby. <laughs> Show the audience my ass. Yeah. You know, like yeah. I, that's that's yeah. been the one like step they've taken away from the comic books the most. But I did love some of the deep comic book callouts in this, man. The Rob Liefeld joke. I, John, you were at the same screening I was. Was I laughing significantly louder than everyone else? That's because you were the only one laughing. Ooh, <laughs> Opening night, I'm the only person who got the Rob Liefeld joke. I mean, I got it, but I, yeah. you know. Oh, I guffawed. Oh, it killed me. I didn't see it coming at all. God. The shot at the yeah, fact I'm that the man yeah. can't draw feet. <laughs> so good. So good. And I will say something to your Deadpool always winning scene or thing going on with these movies. The fact that he brought Vanessa back tells me that that's going to like backfire pretty hard and we'll probably see her drift a little closer to her comic character because he literally used to the cream cheese spreader when he used cable thing to go back in time. So I'm really curious to see how that backfires on him and Negasonic. Yes, yeah, also I, true. I think Kate, Kate, Cable will be killing them a lot, I feel like, in the next movie, whether it's X-Factor or DP3. Do you think that, um, gosh, like when he goes back to the alternate timeline when he shoots himself, like, I mean, I know it's not, like, technically part of the movie or whatnot, it's just an end credit scene, but, like, some of the end credit scenes were like the best parts of the movie and like if he shoots himself how is he still alive in and maybe it's just because it's different timelines am i overlooking this too much like what's going on here like <laughs> it's like just I fix how do you fix how do you that, kill yourself yeah, to was, fix a timeline yeah <laughs> i think that was that fool saying fuck your timeline i'm, I'm gonna kill the actor that plays me in the movie to really fuck with people <laughs> yeah <laughs> to really break that fourth wall wide open <laughs> Oh, man. But listen, overall, overall, I think we all agreed Deadpool 2 was a worthy successor to the original. Well, I personally didn't find it as funny as the first one. I I thought they, uh, I hate saying this. I thought they went back to the well too much on certain jokes. Like they abused certain jokes, which again is very Deadpoolian. But as far as the film work went, it was like, okay, yes, no, yep, mm mm-hmm, yeah, no, yes, he's wearing a shirt with just his dick, I get it, yeah, shirt dicking it, yep, mm mm-hmm, shirt dicking. Jesus Mm -hmm. Christ, T.J. Miller, get a new joke. But uh, that was the other thing, by the way, did T.J. Miller come off as really annoying in this movie? He is kind of really annoying, though. No, no, I know, I know, I know, but in the first movie, they at least made the character, like, who is supposed to be Weasley, they made him, like, at least kind of redeemable or likable. And this one, it was just like, oh, okay, so you're a shitbag. 
All right, but like what he's, else? He's not coming back for the third if they do a third because of the whole him being a shitbag thing. Oh, that whole deal. <laughs> that whole deal. Um, oh, is that is that can, he wouldn't be back? That came out. I guess I missed that. I was I was rumored. I haven't seen it confirmed. Yeah, I don't think it's confirmed. No, it's rumored. I'm curious about that. Um, by the way, speaking of things that have been confirmed today, I'm going to throw you guys a little curveball because I don't know if you guys saw this. I think but I saw this. It was uh, it was pointed out to me. Uh, they have cast Spawn. Yes, I did see this in yeah. the new Spawn film, and Todd McFarlane is making this film. Himself, it'll only have a ten million dollar budget, which is terrifying. Yikes! Terrifying. But McFarlane is directing and writing himself. How do you get Jamie Foxx with ten million dollar budget? You get Jamie Foxx to agree that this movie is going to blow up, and he'll probably take a deal. If I'm going to get real nerdy and inside film here, his deal will likely include a lot of payout on the back end. Right. It'll include a, a pay a share of how much the movie makes. It'll include a lot of payout on the DVD and the streaming. If I was going to, or merch, he'll also maybe t- try and take a chunk of merch. I can't see McFarlane giving him a chunk of merch as a guy who's made most of his money off of merch. McFarlane Toys, anyone? 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 All right. Um, um, but let's just talk about the casting for a second because I think Jamie Foxx is perfect for this, honestly. I, I think he will be phenomenal as Spawn. Assuming that is the role that he is playing, which is what McFarlane has said. Now, it could all be a swerve. He could be playing the bad guy instead. But I actually, if that is the role, if it is Jamie Foxx as Spawn, I kind of love it. Ben? Yeah, uh, I mean, shit. I mean, I feel like Jamie Foxx is a perfect casting as Spawn, if that is what he plays. I mean, (laughs) I, 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 the ten million dollar budget is terrifying. I, I'm having a hard time getting past that. So it must be a lot of incentives in that contract for Jamie Foxx to sign on. But that is the one reason for optimism because I feel like he works that role perfectly. You know, you got that anti-hero Spencer Howland back, literally, and it's like Jamie Foxx has proven that he can play both the hero and the villain. You know, and I feel like that's the perfect guy for Spawn. It's a big name to make people care that know nothing about Spawn and. Hey, Todd McFarlane's getting to do his own movie, so that's gonna mean something, right? John, what about you? I don't. Uh. I don't know if I care. <laughs> 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 I'm sorry. You are on a comic book podcast, sir. It is your job to care about everything. I mean, I care, but like, like Ben said, that ten million dollar budget scares me. I and mean, if they're gonna go out and do this and make it rated R and make it the way that they want it to be, get somebody to throw a little bit of money into it. Like, we don't need whatever year the original Spawn came out with crappy graphics and, like, s- stuff like that. Like, Justice League had a huge budget, and it still looked like poo. So, like, right. don't... I just it, I don't like, want to assume it's going to suck based on a $10 million budget, but it's hard to assume it's going to be awesome based on a $10 million budget. Right. I think the okay. bigger key here, though... Is that with this budget, McFarlane is keeping complete creative control over the project. And that was something he had none of in 1997 when Michael Jai White starred in the flick. Uh, Again, Spawn casting Jamie Foxx will play the title role for Todd McFarlane, who is writing and directing the Spawn comic, the Spawn film, which does not have a current release date. But yes, the, the $10, million, $10 million budget is definitely something to blink an eye at. 
All right, back into the planned rundown. More spoilery goodness. More, 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 more. Although, uh, to be honest with you, after seeing Solo, I don't know how much of it we can spoil that wasn't spoiled by the trailers already. There was really nothing to spoil except for the one ending piece. Like, that's the real only thing you could spoil. I mean, you kind of knew everything that was coming. He was going to get his gun. He was going to get, well, actually, we didn't see his, him getting his name, which I don't know if I actually really liked that or not. Uh, the Empire just being like, oh, yeah, here's your name. And I don't know if you heard the Imperial March playing in the background when he's walking into the recruitment area, and it's just in a higher note. It's like, dun, 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 dun. It's just no, like, that's that's a, like it's their a really theme good, song it's now, It's a really apparently. good Star Wars but. trick that they do, <laughs> and it's a trick that a lot of other shows do, is when you want to reuse a piece of music because you either A, didn't write anything new, or B, you don't want to pay for anything new, you just take a piece of music you already own, bump it up a few, uh, you know, a few octaves, and then use that. And it reminds people of something, but they're not sure what it reminds them of. But yeah, we can run down. I got a little list of Easter eggies that we can uh, run down and talk about real quick. Uh, the, the big reveal at the end of the movie is that the Crimson Dawn real leader is Maul. Maul with robotic legs. The only thing I didn't like about that, and it's not, it's, it's not even anything. It's like when he ignites the lightsaber... It's like we I mean we already know it's it's Darth Maul or or Maul at this point no more Darth. He's no you, longer You didn't a really Darth. you didn't really have to have him you know ignite the lightsaber like all right it's it's Maul. We get yeah, it. Yeah, but they cool. ignited the <laughs> lightsaber so that people like you would get your dick hard, John. Well, I mean I did. I was I was like a 5-year-old child sitting in that movie theater. It was wonderful like just to see just to see a character that most people think is dead. Because a casual fan is not going to go watch Clone Wars cartoons and then Rebels, and this falls directly smack dab in the middle, like, of the two. So, having him be the real leader of Crimson Dawn and seeing what he went through in um, Clone Wars and losing it and still trying to get back into Sidious's good graces, wanting to be... A Darth again, but being like, "Nah, I got a new boo. It's fine. Like, <laughs> I'm good here." So old school. I got a man. What's he got to do with I me? Know. I got a man. That was fun. Um, Aura Singh is mentioned. Lando says that Beckett kills Aura Singh. Aura Singh is a bounty hunter that is briefly seen in Episode One um, during the pod race. Who then they created a backstory for, and then she's also seen in the Clone Wars cartoons, which was fun. Bosk the bounty hunter is. Is mentioned. He was the like dinosaur-looking guy from *Empire Strikes Back* when all the bounty hunters are there, and you see Boba Fett, and they're all like, "Go find Han Solo." Um, the name, the dice are in the movie. Uh, the Lando Chronicles when he's writing his own book. That's straight from Legends, uh, apparently. Um, using the smuggler compartments when they're. Uh, smuggling the stuff. Uh, God, I can't even think of the name of the stuff now. But either way, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, rounding down to 12. Eh, 12 parsecs. You know, eh, when you round down. That, I thought that was great. Uh, Corellia seen for the first time. Uh, the fertility idol from Raiders of the Lost Ark was in Dryden Voss's quarters. Uh, and then there was a skull in the quarters as well, which is straight from Legend series. Um, Beckett wearing the disguise from Return of the Jedi that Lando wears at Jabba Hutt's palace. 
Um, no C-3PO or R2-D2 for the first time out of the ten movies. So that's that was a first. But well, Anthony I, yeah. Daniels, okay, go ahead. Anthony Daniels does make an appearance. It's just not as C three PO. So Anthony Daniels can still claim that he has been in every single Star Wars movie so far. Uh, Warwick Davis is back. He played Wicket the Ewok, and he was seen in the crowd at the pod race. And then Tag and Bink, who are from a Legends comic book. We're supposed to be in this movie, but the scene was cut for time. So Ron Howard threw a lot of stuff at us, and it was really, really fun. To, to, I guess to go back over it for people, I mean, it, it basically confirms what John and I said in our post-movie video, that this movie is a ton of fan service. Yes. A ton of yeah. fan service. I mean, it is fan moment after fan moment after fan moment. Which is somewhat detrimental to having a more substantial plot or substantial character development. But I think for Ron Howard, the thinking going into that is, yeah, but people already know most of these characters. I really only have to develop like two or three actual characters here. One of them being the scene-stealing robot L3. The other one being our big bad Dryden. And the final character being, of course, uh, brown hair Khaleesi. Can I just call her that? Is that fine? Brown hair Khaleesi? Yeah. Because she does the same shit she did in Game of Thrones where she turns on the more powerful person and murders them and takes control. Oh, her um, her martial arts style that she was taught by... That she referenced, yeah. ...is um, straight from a PlayStation video game and canon as well, so... Uh, I can't think of the name of it, but I'm not that we, deep nerd. But. Can we quickly review <laughs> what... Krav Maga? Just kidding. She does, she does, yeah, yeah, she does that uh, Taibo. Um, anyways, John, can we quickly confirm for people just to set a baseline, what is still considered canon by the current owners of Star Wars? Like, what is what is considered to be part of the universe? So, all the episodic movies, of course, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, um, Clone Wars cartoons, then you have... Rebels, of course. You have the Dark Horse book, actually. This is the fun one, is Son of Dothamir, which is the Darth Maul comic, is technically canon. And then you have everything after 2015. So anything that was written, put in story, whether it be book, comic book, TV show, is all considered canon, except for, I think, like the Lego Freemaker series. I think yeah. that's just for fun. Lego, that's Lego just for stuff fun. is generally considered one-offy and yeah. not canon in any... Any, well, I would guess DC probably considers everything canon. Multiverse! But, Still waiting yeah. for that episode of The Flash where they all turn into Legos, by the way. Oh, damn it! Ben, we missed the Lego Flash movie on Monday. Oh, yeah, we did, didn't we? Son of a bitch. Yeah. Sorry, ADHD is a hell of a disease. Um, yeah. <laughs> anyways. And so- they just keep writing, writing, and writing, and writing, and writing. And the big rumor... For episode nine that I heard today is, and it's just a rumor, and it would be very interesting, is that Grand Admiral Thrawn might make an appearance. And that's why... In Solo Deuce? No. No. In episode nine. In nine? Oh. Uh, If you haven't seen Rebels, um, this is the spoiler cast anyway, so Ben, cover your ears for a hot minute. At the end of Rebels... Hold on, I can put him on hold. Oh, put it, yeah, put Ben on hold. Oh, wait, our, 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 we might be going down the lines. I don't know. Uh, either way, keep talking. Either way. At the end of Rebels, Grand Admiral Thrawn and Ezra are whisked away by the space whales, 
never to be seen again. So it is possible that he's been touring the unknown regions and still alive for the past however many years, 30, 35 years, and, can, and would be able to come back. And it would be a massive, massive thing for a guy who has been in, um, and especially for Timothy Zahn, to have a character like that be brought into the, the movies that has been from Legends and now canon with Rebels. Um, because his character is definitely underutilized. Grand Admiral Thrawn is a tactic genius and putting him in a movie like episode nine to have something of a basis of a new leader or having something that Ray needs to battle or Kylo needs to battle or work together with would be, would be very interesting and pull in more care or more fans of basically people who hated the last Jedi would probably come back to be like, okay, now I see what they're doing with episode nine, and that would be really fun. But it's just a huge rumor. You never really know what Disney's going to do if they even do anything, because it's just, I think they're going to cupcake episode nine now, but we'll see. All right, we'll take Ben off of hold now. Oh, hang on if I can figure out how to do it. Ben, are you good? Did you hear any of that? No, I took my headphones off. Okay, that works. All right, uh, (laughs) anyways, uh, any other spoilers that we didn't talk? You know what? Actually, Ben, I want to talk about this a little bit. You went to Solo with your mom. How cool was that? Oh, it was awesome. Uh, my mom is the reason why I'm here today and know any of you, and not just because she birthed me, but because she fed me Star Wars movies at a very young age. So Star Wars has always been this thing that we've kind of shared. And I was going to go see Solo on opening night, but I uh, decided to go see Deadpool 2 instead because I was on vacation the week before and saved Solo for her. And just uh, that's a kind of a thing I like to try and do. I usually see it with you guys. And then on my mom on the second time, so it was cool to be able to see that the first time with her, and she just had a blast. Like her consensus was the same as everyone else. Like, yeah, there's a lot of loops and or uh, holes in that story, but my God, that was fun, and it was just so cool to see so many characters I had no idea were out there and stuff. Because obviously she's not watching Clone Wars or Rebels, so it was like this whole new Star Wars world to someone who's been in the thick of it for since A New Hope came out and hit theaters on opening night. So uh, it's just really cool to be able to share that kind of stuff. We had a blast. No, it's good. It's like, I, you know, I love my folks, but neither of my parents are nerdy. Like, they don't, they don't understand all of this. Like, this, this whole part of my life is so foreign to them. <laughs> you know, like, you, John, even you, like, your, your dad and your stepmom have been to a couple of movies with us. Well, my dad's a big Star Wars fan, but he also did not like The Last Jedi, and he did not like Solo. And he went and saw Solo very tired. He said he had worked 10 hours, uh, was starting to fall asleep during the movie, so he may have missed some things. So I want to rewatch it with him and try to explain all the deep nerd references that he doesn't get. And maybe, like... And I and he and I think this story fell a little flat too, but the deep nerd references, the you know Maul showing up and the Aura Singh stuff and Bosk and all the little things that just made me be like, yeah, they're doing fan service here, and that's why I liked it. And necessarily, it's not like a fantastic movie. Um, it's lower on my list of Star Wars movies, but it was it was fun to the fact that it was fan servicey, and they finally stepped out of the we need to bring these casual fans in when they seem to have catered to 
deep fans, and that may have been a reason why it had a lackluster Memorial Day weekend at the box office. Well, also Memorial Day weekend, not traditionally one that's spent seeing films. I was a little baffled by the placement of the release, if we're being honest. 41 years to the day after the original Star Wars. I mean, I, I get it, but like Memorial Day weekend is traditionally outside, you know? And, and I think 41 mm-hmm. years ago, when the original Star Wars came out, John, you'd agree with me, there were a lot more drive-in theaters than there were now. So also you were, true. You were getting yeah. a lot more people on vacation, like, oh, well, it's nighttime, we're done swimming and cooking, let's go over to the drive-in with the kids and see a Star Wars. Yeah, it is very like a nobody's home type of weekend. Right, not so. a lot of people on vacation are like, I'm going to go see a movie on vacation. Either way. <laughs> Either way, uh, good times. Do you want to get into the list? Do we want to do your list this week? No, I want to do, yeah, I got it right here. I'm doing the list right now. John's list of the 10 definitive Star Wars films. There's only 10 of them. There's only 10. So. Now, is this in order? This is your. This is in order. This is my order of my favorite films from worst to best. Now, this is based on your personal, emotional. Personal preference and. I just want to say that I love all these movies. There's not a movie that I really hate. But if I have to list them, here we go. This is like a dude in a room full of ten of his exes having to tell them which one he loved the best. Yeah, it's very true. God, God, if I had ten exes, I'd let y'all know about it. (laughs) I think you do. Number ten, Attack of the Clones. It's uh, got to be Attack of the Clones. Unarguably the worst Star Wars movie. Ben, agreed? Are we all in Are we all in agreement that it is the worst? Yeah. yeah. All yeah right. That's 100% agreed. Anyone who doesn't have Attack of the Clones at the bottom of the list, throw your list out and then light yourself on fire. Number nine. Because the end, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fuck that movie. Soundtrack, though. <laughs> Ooh-wee. Number nine, The Phantom Menace. That Darth Maul scene saves it to, from being the last of the movies, okay? Come on, Annie. What about the midichlorians, Annie? Yeah. Number eight, and you guys are going to hate me for this one, The Force Awakens. You bitch! The Force Awakens at number eight. It's too It's too I'll much the you. same. I know. I get it. Number seven, Solo. Number six, Revenge of the Sith. Number five, Return of the Jedi. Number four, The Last Jedi. Three, Rogue One, because... Damn, I love Rogue One. That Vader scene and that Scarif scene are probably the best scenes in a Star Wars movie. It's insane. That battle over Scarif is perfect. The only thing that The battle maybe, over Scarif is the best fight scene in any Star Wars movies. Fight me about it. The only thing that might rival it is the beginning of Revenge of the Sith. That scene because that has never been seen in a Star Wars movie before. You see the ship and then you see the TIE fighters roll over the Imperial Star Destroyer or whatever or the whatever it is at that point and then just massive battle over Coruscant. It's killer. Two original 1977 Star Wars and then number one for me is The Empire Strikes Back. It is the best film in the series to me. Mm Mm-hmm and that's my list. Fight me. I have very Come minimal I have very minimal argument with your list. Very minimal argument. Yeah, I my The only reason the Force Awakens is so off. low is because yeah. and not to jump over you, but it, you could switch you could switch the Force Awakens with Solo, you could switch it with uh Revenge of the Sith. It th- those three, six, seven, and eight fluctuate with me. I would say, like sometimes I just see myself watching Revenge of the Sith more because of that 
that deep, um, that Anakin turning into Darth Vader for me was great. Like the Force Awakens was, it's it's too new, but st- trying to throw like the old Star Wars at you with Han and and Leia, and I'm like, yeah, I like it, and I like it, but being becoming Anakin for me was great and that lightsaber scene at the end when they're fighting and him and I, and what sucks is that I wanted more Vader and we didn't get more Vader and like I think the original Star Wars only has 10 minutes of Vader in it so it's like I wanted more Vader they didn't give us Vader and yeah. Rogue One did whether it's 20 seconds or a minute and 20 seconds Rogue One gave us Vader that we'd all wanted to see for the longest time and that's why it's so high with me yeah. Rogue One gave you the Vader that you wanted, the badass, murder everybody, not the, I find your lack of faith disturbing, and then kind of choking a guy until someone says, stop it, Vader, stop it. No, we got murder motherfuckers, Darth Vader. That's what we got, and it was delightful. Yes. Yeah, I got no problem with Rogue One being that high. I love that movie a lot. I think people sleep on that movie. Yeah, yeah, I think they did too. It made a lot of money. It made five hundred and thirty-four or thirty-two million dollars, something like that. Like what? that's nuts. I think bigger than that is what that movie means to the Star Wars franchise, and by that I mean it was yeah. the first of the Star Wars stories that's considered canon, right? Yeah, like a spinoff, a yeah. spinoff movie that is considered canon that wasn't episodic, right? Yeah, Rogue, you, yeah. Rogue One made a New Hope better. Right, it did. It made A New Hope better. It also made uh, Revenge of the Sith better. It also made a a lot of shit a lot better. And not only that... It actually made Solo better, too. It proved to us that Kathleen Kennedy and the new brass at Lucasfilm had the brass in their shorts to just fucking kill everyone. George Lucas never would have killed any of those characters. He wouldn't. They would all still be alive, getting ready for a sequel, and selling the fuck out of toys. Kathleen Kennedy said, fuck your toys. I'm going to make a movie that doesn't sell toys where everyone dies. Well, that's George Lucas had all of his money in the toys. That's why he wanted to sell the toys. I'm not hating on him about it. Don't think I'm hating on him about it. I'm just saying we went from a business model that was about making movies that sold toys... To a business model that was about making movies that made people like movies. And now they're very, very, uh, what's the word, divisive? Yeah, divisive is the right word. Yeah, Yeah, he is the right word. So that's the thing with Star Wars. It's like these last movies, especially The Last Jedi and now Solo, have split the fan base so much that it's just, this is is the way Star Wars films are going to be from now on. And... I give Solo a lot of credit for getting out of that green bucket on Rotten Tomatoes. It is no longer tipped over. It is a red bucket. It is up to 62 with the people. That's 6 out of 10. That's a, that's, that's a D. <laughs> Ds get degrees, baby. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> like, <laughs> Ds also get sequels. I mean, I think we all agree Solo's getting a sequel, right? I don't know. Okay, so hear me out. I mean, I'm going to hear you no, out, but... Out. So if they if they do a sequel, how about how about... Because that Boba Fett movie has been um, announced with the director from Logan. Yeah. So if they keep doing it like that and just using not not a direct sequel, but a 
playing off the other movies type of deal. Because if you could do, you could do a Boba Fett movie set in kind of the same time and play off Solo and play off Rogue One and you could even play off of Revenge and have the kid who played Boba Fett in Attack of the Clones be Boba Fett now. He's an Jesus. adult. He's our age. Like, he could do it. Isn't he like... He's actually got a photo online of him in the Boba Fett garb. Like, he's ready oh, for sure it. Oh, sure he like, does. Like, call him. You know? I'm sure he he's wants probably to He's probably a crap actor, but you never know. <laughs> That's never stopped Star Wars it's before. very true. <laughs> nope. Nope. All right, uh, last thing, guys, unless you guys have any more solo stuff you want to get. John, did I, I don't want to take any of your thunder away, my friend. I think the only other thing uh, that maybe it's on my list, um, the, play in, the play-ins to the new Rebellion with, um, like, you saw some of the guys from Rogue One, Saw Gerrera's people, yep. with the um, Rebels at the end, like the, the new Rebels. Han Solo sparked the Rebellion. He didn't even care about it. <laughs> sparked a rebellion then sparked a chain no I'm kidding I'm kidding I'm kidding I'm kidding you never know you never know the Wookiees seem cool um, I, I, that's it yeah. by the way here's the other thing I will say about Solo I think Solo somehow made me love Chewbacca more oh one of my favorite characters in all of Star Wars canon and yes it's because I'm large and hairy suck my dick from the back I don't care um, Chewbacca you know again the endearing things hearing Han speak Wookiee was cool as shit. It was cool as shit. The guy who plays Chewbacca now, because it's no longer Peter Mayhew because he can't he can't move. Yeah. Did it not feel like that was Peter Mayhew behind him? Well, like, Mayhew gave that? him, I think, extensive notes oh, the yes. first time he took Absolutely. over. Absolutely. And it just it felt natural and normal. Well, and, this is and the first time he took completely over, though. Right. And the, before they'd split it, so he got to share and he got to watch and he got to learn. I love that. Absolutely love that. Uh, Again, Solo's not rearranging cinema. It's not a film. It's a movie. It is a heist movie. It is a flick. Grab the popcorn, grab your best girl, and head on down to the Cinemaplex. We recommend Celebration Cinema, by the way, because A, their popcorn is the best. B, you get to pick reserved seats. And C, they will deliver food to your seat. Oh, yeah, and um, a lot of their locations serve booze. We like that. Big love to Celebration Cinema. Yeah. Um, another thing that we love very, very much, and uh, this is where I know we will lose some of you, and that's okay. Not everything's for everyone. Fuck off. Fuck no, off. stop it. Stop it, Ben. Stop it. Be You're nice to people. You, t- <laughs> you can't fire people from something we don't pay them for. Watch me. I'm going to fire Austin right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, yeah, okay, fine. I'm going to text him. Ben just fired you. Ben just fired you on the <laughs> podcast, man. Sorry. Uh, deal with that shit. Um,. Ben, let's talk a little bit of wrestling. Uh, we are leading up, of course, to WWE's Money in the Bank. I don't want to do too much on Money in the Bank because we are going to be doing a large-scale preview podcast within the next week for Money in the yeah. Bank. We're going to do a lot of WWE on that podcast. Uh, you and I have both been getting caught up more, though, on Ring of Honor, and I've been doing my best to keep up with New Japan, as confusing as Best of the Super Juniors is. Yes. Ben. Best of the Super Juniors, I want to start there, has given us some incredible moments, some incredible matches, and a whole lot of good-looking gifts. First and foremost, what the fuck is Best of Super Juniors, and why should people care about it? Oh, man. It's so hard explaining the Best of the Super Juniors. It's basically... Hold on, do you want me to try and you can just tell me where I'm wrong? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'll... I'll 
I mean, it's round robin. It's New Japan's round robin style. The winner receives an opportunity to challenge Will Ospreay for the junior heavyweight title. So it's all the junior heavyweights. Like think of guys like Flip Gordon and Jushin Thunder Liger and Flip and Flip Gordon again for some reason. I don't know why I said his name twice because you uh, like yeah. him. Uh, ACH yeah. uh, Tiger Mask is in there. Show and Yo are in there. Kushida. Uh, Chris Sabin uh, is in there. Um, Who's the uh, the new Bone Soldier is in there? Bone Saw? Yeah. No, it's Bone Soldier. Past, past winners include Ricochet and Finn Balor and Kota Ibushi. So this is like a this is a this is a big deal. It is a big deal. Guys get title shots. Guys get guys get marquee matches out of this. And I mean, look at the gifts or gifs, however the hell you want to pronounce it. That's we can say gifts. I don't care what the fuck the guy who made them said. Yeah. Right. Um, but yeah, no, Ben, you're, you're absolutely right. And I think the biggest thing that this does in New Japan is, one, it's kind of like, and I don't mean to demean it, but it's like a baby version of the G1, right? Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a light heavyweight version of the G1. Right. Uh, yeah. And so, and it's it's smaller. There's less guys involved. and uh, But the biggest thing that this has done for me is put over a lot of these younger guys who I wasn't overly familiar with, and you're able to see them wrestle all sorts of different styles. And it has really been beneficial to some guys. I mean, again, you're just being you know reaffirmed why Will Ospreay is one of the best in the fucking world. That guy is insane. If you're not familiar with Ospreay, look him up. Get familiar. The guy is bonkers. Uh, it's getting you familiar with Sho and Yo as singles wrestlers. You know, most of their work has been yeah. with Rapongi 3K. It's also getting over Flip Gordon with a Japanese audience while showing you some of Flip's flaws with his game so far. He doesn't have much of a submission game, and when you take him to the mat, he looks awkward and kind of uncomfortable. But his high-flying stuff has been enough to get the Japanese crowds chanting his name over and over, night in and night out, and New Japan is reacting. I I think Flip was being booked originally to be an 0-3 guy, to be a guy who's just there to entertain, but even in his opening match with ACH, the guy was getting crowd chants, and he's now 2-1 and one in Best of Super Juniors with a chance to move on to the next round. Yeah. No, it's a super fun tournament, and yeah, it's confusing, but it's baby G1, round robin, fun action. The winner will face Will Ospreay. And uh, I, I would highly recommend getting caught up and watching New Japan over the next 10 days or whatever because June 9th, Dominion show from Osaka Hall, Main evented by Kenny Omega and Okada in the main event. No time limit. No time limit. Two out of three falls match with Naito and Jericho on the undercard. With Will Ospreay defending against. Uh, I mean, it's it's insane. The Young Bucks around that show. I forget. It's a loaded card. Jericho and Naito and Omega and Okada. Two out of three falls. That match might go like 95 minutes. Yeah, who knows? And, and uh, to give people who aren't familiar with New Japan kind of a baseline to draw from. Would you compare it to like New Japan's SummerSlam? Yeah, yeah, this is basically New Japan SummerSlam, but it's got the chance of once again because I feel like last year's Dominion show overshadowed last year's Wrestle Kingdom show. So maybe, okay. maybe nothing against Wrestle Kingdom, but yes, it's SummerSlam. Let's right. go with that. Yeah, I like I mean, more confusing. WWE <laughs> has two has their has their you know four big ones, but I think all wrestling fans know it's really two big ones, two kind of big ones. It's SummerSlam and WrestleMania are the two biggies for New Japan. It's Wrestle Kingdom and Dominion because uh, I remember Dominion last year blowing the doors off of it too. Any chance you get to watch Will Ospreay wrestle live, you should fucking take it. The guy is putting on a clinic. 
on how to do everything really, really well. Um, so there's there's New Japan for you. Ring of Honor has tied itself in now as closely as they possibly can with the hyper-successful all-in Chicago event run by Cody Rhodes and the Young Bucks. Going so far as to, Ben, it seems to me, alter their storyline plans to help make all-in more interesting. Yep. Yeah, I mean, Nick Aldis becoming part of Ring of Honor storyline plans is beautiful. Now, exactly, I mean, Nick Aldis I is only, the current NWA champ. Yeah, 10 pounds of gold, the historic, historic belt. Um, Dusty wore it three times, and he's basically said, yeah, I'll defend this belt against Cody if he's Ring of Honor champion at all in Chicago. And they so, have to go, it's belt for, belt, belt for belt, right? Belt for belt? Belt for belt. And I'm telling you right now, if Cody... Ends, or ends his match holding that 10 pounds of gold, you're going to have a lot of grown men wrestling fans crying because that's going to be a beautiful sight, seeing him hold his dad's belt. Right, because his father, Dusty Rhodes, the American Dream, previously held the 10 pounds of gold. And I, I believe, yeah. Ben, correct me if I'm wrong, they would become the first father-son duo to com- complete that feat, correct? Yep. It's been done by brothers before, but it has never been done by a father-son combo. And that's super crazy cool to think about. So the big match coming up for Ring of Honor is another pay-per-view later on this month, correct? Yeah, June 29th. And at that event, the main event will be a triple threat match for the Ring of Honor world title featuring Dalton Castle, the current Ring of Honor world champion, versus Cody Rhodes versus fellow Bullet Club member Marty Skrull. And again, Marty, other than Cody and the Bucks... Marty might be the most over guy in Ring of Honor right now. Ben, give me a quick match prediction on how you think this one plays out. I think they're going to make us wait for this one because I think Marty wins the belt at best in the world. Oh, my God. Have uh, you checked Have you checked theory. the group chat? Have you checked the group chat? No. Go look at the no, group no, chat. Go look at the group chat and come back. Triple oh, threat. No, no. I'm, ser- I'm serious. Just, I'm yeah. serious. I'm going to Facebook right now. Go look at the group chat. Yeah, I... I Oh, God damn it. You, me, Austin, and John? Yeah. Oh, my God. Here Drew and I are. Fucking, we are one person. Lockstep, yeah. bro. I, I literally, moments ago, sent to our group chat on Facebook, Marty wins on June 29th. Then Cody takes it from him in some, uh, to me, in some nefarious way to complete the Cody heel turn and either A, fix Bullet Club or B, fully break Bullet Club. Bullet Club is fine. Bullet Club's fine. Bullet Club is fine. This is where we uh, go different. I think that Marty wins the belt and Cody gets it from him some point in the summer, but Marty works his way into that match with Aldis, and we get a triple threat, Cody, Aldis, and Marty, because that makes that match even more important, even more interesting, even more mainstream. Well, well done. Nick Aldis versus Cody. I mean, I care about that. John, do you care about that? Should I? Yes, John, you should. I care. That's my point. That is my point. That's my point, though. You did good, boy. You did. No, that's Ring of Honor's rolling right now. I just got to see him live in Royal Oak about two weeks ago. Amazing show. Ring of Honor, New Japan, all in. It seems like they're all working together, and that's super cool for the wrestling landscape. Yeah, there is nothing bad about this for wrestling for the wrestling world you know 
Um, And then, of course, there is StarCast, which is still giving you guys a chance to win tickets to StarCast and to All In. And, you know, there you again, you need to follow these guys on Twitter. It's at Starcast, two R's, S-T-A-R-R, cast 18, Starcast 18 on Twitter. They're trying to give you tons of chances to win tickets, to be all in, to win tickets, to be a part of Starcast, which we will be uh, podcasting live from. We're really, really thrilled about it. A lot of great stuff going on with that. Big shout out to Conrad Thompson, the man behind Starcast. Uh, I love that he got the little the little bump from Cody on Twitter saying how happy Cody is with how StarCast is coming together. Couldn't be more thrilled with the announcements. Couldn't be more thrilled with the event. Uh, and I couldn't be more thrilled with the people that keep getting added to the event. They're not done yet. You've seen them tease it on being the elite that there are still some big names they haven't announced for All In. So keep an eye out for it. There are ways you can win tickets. Just keep following us on Twitter at court underscore of underscore nerds. And we'll try our best to retweet all those contests as they come along and help you guys out. I, I think that's it. Ben, did I miss anything? No, that's pretty much it. I mean, my only question for all in is, oh, my God, how long is this show going to be? How many matches are there going to be? Here's the crazy thing, man, is is they've sworn they were going to do three hours. Mm. I don't see it. That's great. I don't see it. But, man, it'd be cool if they do. See, I see it. I see. I, I think they're going to get three hours easy, especially if they keep adding guys like Omega, Okada, Rey Mysterio. I mean, the names on this list are guys that can go. These bucks. I mean, my God. I mean, I think we're going to see a solid three and a half hour show here. Yeah, I would. I, my guess was four. Just looking at it, my guess was four. Uh, again, you'll get all the value, just like you do every week from the Court of Nerds. We are brought to you by our good friends at Tardy's Collector's Corner. They've been in business since before you were born. Uh, and unless you're older, and then I apologize for insulting you. I didn't mean that. Tardy's is wonderful, and the best part about Tardy's is the people who work there. It is a true comic shop experience because you're not just there to buy a book and leave. You're there to buy a book, talk about it, and then talk about seven other books you probably need. And that's why it is the best comic shop around. Also, a big thank you to Grand Rapids Comic Con for bringing you this podcast. Grand Rapids Comic Con, November 9th through the 11th at the DeVos Place. Uh, I believe tickets are currently on sale if you want to snag those. Now get more details at grcomiccon.com. And as always, big love to our friends at Tom and Chi Granville. The blue cheese chili that y'all posted the other day has my mouth salivating. I need a day where it's not 100 degrees to come eat one, though. I'll see you guys soon. Tom and she in Granville, proud sponsors, I hope, of the Court of Nerds. That being said, I'm Drew. I'm John. I'm Ben. There he is. We are your Court of Nerds. Remember, don't go swimming until more than half an hour after you've eaten another human. What? This podcast made possible by our good friends at Tardy's Collector's Corner. Like them on Facebook, follow them on Twitter and Instagram, and be sure you're checking for all the latest and greatest at Tardy's. Also brought to you by Grand Rapids Comic Con, November 9th through the 11th, 2018, at the DeVos Place. Tickets on sale now at grcomiccon.com.